Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to This Week Again. I'm your host, Suzanne Posel. We're going to start off this show with another hilarious installment of Republican Impeachment Theater. Move on to why the Reich Wing is so afraid of Taylor Swift. And follow all of that up with the Internet's collective trauma, courtesy of Elmo. Let's begin, shall we? There's a never-ending bowl of reasons why Republicans really are the Joffrey Baranthians of politicians. But one of the most insidious things they do on the regular is take credit for things they actively work against. Case in point, here is a news anchor from CBS News in Miami asking Republican Congresswoman Maria Salazar, an all-around douche, by the way, why she's back in her district taking credit for infrastructure funding when she voted against it. Roll tape. Last month, you were at FIU and you presented a check for $650,000 to help small businesses at FIU. But you voted against the bill that gave the money that you then signed a check for and handed and had a photo op, the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023. Right now, you have to give me more details, but I do know that every time I have an opportunity to bring money to my constituents, I do so. You voted against you voted against the Chips and Science Act. Forty million dollars that I have brought to this community. No, let's, let's, Aren't you proud of me? The money that you talk about, the forty million dollars that you bring back to the district, sometimes that money comes from bills that you voted against. At the same time that you're taking credit for the money that you bring back to the district in Washington, you're voting against these projects on party line votes. Listen, I, that was, I think, last cycle. I cannot really remember right now. So you don't want like to explain why I, you I vote really against cannot, I mean, right now, and I'm not trying to be a politician, there's so many bills that I've introduced that I know that no, no, many of them have that you have voted against. The, that I understand. And, but it's, okay, sometimes I vote bills. and sometimes I don't. But let's look at the positive. <laughs> yes, let's look at the positives. This year, Maria, I vote against the money. I take credit for Salazar is up for re-election. I suggest the voters of Florida's 27th district think really fucking hard before November about having someone represent them who wants to take a victory lap and get all the adoration of their constituents while literally voting against their best interests. And don't think this is just a Florida Republican thing. Colorado's 36-year-old grandma in Congress, Lauren Boebert, regularly tries this tactic to justify her job because she can't go back home and ask for another four years based on how many times she voted to make her constituents' lives more difficult, now can she? Good for the Salazars and Boeberts of the Congress, President Biden is not a petty-ass bitch and cares more about the American people getting what they need over who gets to call dibs for their re-election campaign. Even my Republican friends in Congress, not a single one of them voted for the rescue plan. Every single Republican voted against lowering prescription drug costs, against lowering health care costs, against tackling the climate crisis, every one, against lower energy costs, against creating good-paying jobs, against the fair tax system, every single one. Now, I admit, some of them voted against it. They thought it made sense, but they weren't. They couldn't let Biden, quote, have a victory. It's not my victory. It's American people's victory. Back in their districts, they're bragging about the rescue plan. 
I mean, some people have no shame. <laughs> but I'm happy. I'm happy they know that it benefited their constituents. But if you're going to try to take credit for what you've done, don't get in the way of what we still need to do. Exactly. There is so much left to do on Capitol Hill now that the current Congress is the least productive since the Great Depression, and apparently the annual run on the southern border has begun. Good news is, after 16 years of Republicans complaining about brown people coming into this country, we have finally gotten a bipartisan immigration reform bill that could revolutionize the way we accept people into America. President Biden sat down with Democrats and Republicans for months to hash out a patchwork of modernized immigration processing and preserving white privilege, otherwise known as H.R. 2. Here's one of the Republicans who worked hard on this deal, Oklahoma senator and man who clearly never came sweeping down the plains, Mr. James Lankford, to explain. This bill focuses on getting us to zero illegal crossings a day. There's no amnesty. It increases the number of Border Patrol agents. It increases asylum officers. It increases detention beds so we can quickly detain and then deport individuals. It ends catch and release. It focuses on additional deportation flights out. It changes our asylum process so that people get a fast asylum screening at a higher standard and then get returned back to their home country. Damn, that is cold. But to be honest, this is what pacey Republicans like Langford have been complaining about and begging for every election year since Ronald Reagan was in office. And that was back in the long ago time of the late 1900s. This bill Senator Langford helped negotiate has all the terrible trappings of things like catch and release ending, making qualifying for asylum more difficult, and increasing deportations. What Republicans call immigration reform, which is really a way of ensuring less brown people make it into the United States permanently. This bill also increases the president's power to shut down the border whenever he wants to. And guess what President Biden is pledging in exchange for the passage of this immigration reform bill? President Biden and lawmakers working on a bipartisan deal to expand the president's authority at the border. Lawmakers hopeful it can pass. If that bill were the law today, I'd shut down the border right now and fix it quickly. A bipartisan bill would be good for America. And Congress needs to get it done. Y'all heard that, right? Our Democrat president is willing to shut down the U.S.-Mexico border so they can implement the immigration reforms outlined in this new bipartisan bill. And Republicans just need to stop acting like there's no solution to the border crisis other than the ballot box in 2024. See, the oldest tortoise in Congress and Kentucky's poorly educated pick for Senate, Mr. Mitch McConnell, tried that bullshit reasoning to justify denying consideration of then-President Obama's Supreme Court pick Merrick Garland back in 2016. And guess what? We're not falling for that again. Which is why Republicans led by their maggot overlords have decided to use impeachment, yes, once again, to make a spectacle all over C-SPAN. Roll tape.
House Republicans have just unveiled two articles of impeachment they're bringing against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. The first is focused on what they call a willful and systemic refusal to comply with the law. The second is focused on what they're alleging is a breach of public trust. They allege the secretary obstructed congressional oversight and failed to rein in record migrant crossings, which topped 10,000 per day last month. Claiming he willfully failed to follow immigration law without producing evidence. The reason? Republicans disagree with how the secretary is handling the humanitarian crisis at the southern border. The vote came after House GOP leaders suggested that they would block an immigration measure being negotiated in the Senate. Secretary Mayorkas has put his political preferences above following the law. I bet our founding fathers are just rolling over in their graves. It's clear uh, he's not done his job. He's been derelict in his duties. He's violated his oath of office. You know, I find it interesting that last guy's description of DHS Secretary Mayorkas sounds an awful lot to me like comb over Caligula. But then again, everyone accuses maggots of projecting their inadequacies onto their enemies. So far, Republicans hilariously embarrassed themselves trying and failing to impeach President Biden and then his son Hunter, who's never worked for the U.S. government and not subject to political impeachment. So now they've set their sights on DHS Secretary Mayorkas because it's the obvious plot progression of their Mexican invasion fan fiction. Get the guy in charge of the department you're blaming for the thing you're preventing from happening by refusing to vote for the bipartisan border deal. <laughs> and never mind the danger yam they call dear leader has some fucked up solutions of his own. He's sophomorically articulated at his rallies. So here's a recount of Dunscap Don's fascist ideas courtesy of Democratic Congressman Robert Garcia, who attended the Mayorkas impeachment hearing and said this. I want to remind the public that Donald Trump and House Republicans also have their own ideas for the border. So let's review the majority's border ideas that they've actually presented. Donald Trump actually has said that he wants to build alligator moats along the border. That's one of his incredible ideas. Another idea that Donald Trump has promoted it's he actually wants to electrify the border fence and maybe even put some spikes on the border. That's another Donald Trump and MAGA majority border idea. Another idea, which I'm not sure how, how well it would go, is he wants to actually bomb northern Mexico with missiles. That's another Trump idea. And finally, I think one of the ones that I think um, is the most grotesque is suggestions that instead we should maybe just shoot migrants in the legs as they cross the border. This is all about trying to get Donald Trump reelected. Donald Trump himself is saying he wants no solutions this year out of the Congress. And after hearing that list of dollar store supervillain solutions, I can understand why. See, nowhere in the bipartisan immigration reform bill does it a lot for moat construction or alligators. It also doesn't give Border Patrol the right to shoot people or electrocute them at the southern border for using the wrong door. And you can forget about bombing northern Mexico because people are trying to seek asylum in droves due to the shitty conditions U.S. military and political intervention has caused over the decades. The bipartisan bill certainly doesn't include a provision for that. 
Oh, and don't forget about the sovereign-like powers of the presidency King Baby Coward would yield and President Biden's too chicken shit to use. And Speaker Mike Johnson issued a statement criticizing President Biden's support of the bill, saying the president already has the power to act without this proposed legislation. Senator Rick Scott and Congressman Michael McCall saying, in fact, they don't need Congress at all to do anything about the border deal because President Biden, they think, should do it all today by executive order. In the House, as you know, the speaker, who's, by the way, I think he's going to prove to be a very good speaker. It's tough when you have a very small majority. Very tough. Mike Johnson, speaker. He just said it's dead on arrival in the House. It's dead on arrival. We want either a strong bill or no bill, and whatever happens, happens. But this is the single greatest threat to our country right now. Oh, so Republicans do believe the pen is mightier than the sword, as long as the jackass wielding it is willing to shred the country to pieces. Got it. So now you understand why Republicans are saying the southern border should be resolved at the ballot box. They want Eric's dad to sign the executive order that makes America whiter again, not Grandpa Joe. Which is why the impeachment of Mayorkas is giving retaliation by an impotent political party. And don't take my word for it. Here's Republican Ken Buck from Colorado agreeing with me. What led you to decide you will vote no? Well, uh, this is not a high crime or misdemeanor. It's not an impeachable offense. This is a policy difference. Um, let me, from the outset, say there is a crisis on the border. Uh, the, the law needs to be enforced. Um, but uh, if we start going down this path of impeachment with a uh, cabinet official, uh, we are opening a door as Republicans that we don't want to open. The next president, who is a Republican, will face the same scrutiny from Democrats. It's wrong, and, and we should not set this precedent. Yeah, you shouldn't set this precedent. The Republicans of the legislative branch of our government think that the crisis at the southern border can be fixed through executive order and not legislation. And that's not at all fascist. Except it is. And for those of you in the back, America does not give its president the sole power to control the country, which is why we call these white supremacists senators and congressmen and women and have an entire branch of government dedicated to giving them the task of making the laws for everyone to follow, including the president. Hence why the 2024 election season is so important to Republicans. They are not taking any chances. See, maggots know the younger generations outnumber the crotchety boomers they've relied on to win elections for the past couple of decades, so they've decided to launch a full-scale attack on one of the biggest pop stars to ever have pop starred. The right going all in on baseless conspiracy theory that claims Taylor Swift's relationship with Travis Kelsey and the Super Bowl are all rigged to help Joe Biden win the election. In a piece on Monday, the New York Times wrote that Swift's name was on an endorsement wish list drafted by Biden aides. Another bit of nonsense from notorious Pizzagate conspiracy theorist Jack Posobiec. He suggested on X that George Soros, the Jewish billionaire and liberal megadonor, was somehow involved in Taylor Swift's embrace of Democrats. Floating this crazy conspiracy theory, trying to explain Taylor Swift's global popularity by saying the Defense Department's really behind it. The idea, generally speaking, is that the NFL is in cahoots with Taylor Swift and rigging the Super Bowl 
to set the stage for uh, Taylor Swift then to endorse Joe Biden for the Democrats and the establishment supposedly to wield her star power against Donald Trump in the 2024 election. Oh, yeah, that totally checks out if you're wearing your tinfoil on your head instead of using it for its intended purpose. <laughs> but let's take a moment to hear these conspiracy theories about Taylor Swift, the Super Bowl and Joe Biden. I mean, how whacked out could they actually be? Taylor Swift, their special strategy is to get young people to vote, is to have the, her support him. Why would you tell half the country that you don't agree with them in this highly polarized time. We have had enough of Taylor Swift for now. She shouldn't be liberal. She should be a total conservative, given what, given everything. The Pentagon PSYOP unit pitched NATO on turning Taylor Swift into an asset. Yesterday, she flew private from New York City to Baltimore. Yet she constantly talks about climate change. So just please don't believe everything Taylor Swift says. We're all begging you. I think she should just stick to her singing and let her love life be what it is. The New York Times just speculated she's a lesbian. A new poll shows 18% of voters are likely to vote for whichever candidate Taylor Swift endorses. Uh-oh. Biden effectively has Taylor Swift as his VP. A single post of hers led to 35,000 new registrants. That's arguably more power than the president. She's sharing links. And her boyfriend, Travis Kelty, sponsored by Pfizer. Uh, what's her stance on policy, economic <laughs> policy, foreign policy? Should I don't think, that, I don't think that'll be uh... So don't get involved. Don't get involved in politics. We don't want to see you there. <laughs> it is hilarious hearing grown-ass people lose their shit because a pop star is dating a football player whose team happens to be making their sixth appearance at the Super Bowl. That's right, ignoramuses. The Kansas City Chiefs have gone to five Super Bowls so far, won two of them. So this would be their sixth chance to make their two-win streak a three-win extravaganza. Because we all know... Three is a magic number. Yes, it is. It's a magic number. So I guess by that logic and athletic ability, it should come as no surprise to anyone that the Chiefs are going to the big game this year because they're a good team. And let's be honest, Taylor Swift's current net worth is estimated at $1.1 billion. So she's definitely not gold digging Travis Kelsey. Maybe I'm missing something with this Taylor Swift conspiracy, but I just don't get how a successful 34-year-old woman dating a 34-year-old accomplished athlete is a psyop. I kind of have a problem, though, with the hardcore Taylor Swift fans. They are totally over the top. I think what they call it is they're elevating her to an idol, idolatry. Pop star celebrity sweetheart joins forces with the top dog in the NFL, playing for the team that's going to the Super Bowl. Major League Sports, in and of itself, is nothing but a psyop. Get kids plugged into the cycle of going to public indoctrination camps, playing sports for their school, and going to games. So then they become obsessed with some grown man who gets paid millions of dollars every year to throw a ball around while promoting poison death shots and child slave labor through various brand deals and endorsements. This is what I think is going to happen. There's going to be like some type of proposal at the after the Super Bowl is rigged for the Chiefs. And then the two of these people become, it's like, reach like crazy levels of 
absolute fame, and then they use that in order to try and save Joe Biden. Okay, okay, I think I get it now. The right wing is freaking out because teenagers who often are known for emulating their idols are doing just that. And see, that happens to be a problem because professional sports is actually a psyop, which isn't that far off considering the military has been using professional sports to promote enlistment since before World War II. But I digress. According to the conspiracals, Professional sports is a gateway to proper medical care when clearly the answer to all of your medical needs is any number of Republican-sanctioned alternative methods like ivermectin and praying to their God. And with all of this, there is a culmination in a marriage proposal because that's the only way Taylor Swift can save Joe Biden in the 2024 election. By the way, maggots. Because holy fuck, that is one poorly educated theory. But I think I can see what these people might actually be scared of. It goes a little something like this. You know, immeasurable amount of followers, she can potentially single-handedly swing voters because of just the amount of followers that she potentially can influence. Yeah, because when she posted the link to the vote.org, like hundreds of thousands of young Taylor Swift fans all of a sudden registered to vote. I wonder who got to her from the White House or from wherever. The administration has what they consider a perception optics management team, and those are professionals that go out and identify those people who may be unsuspecting, whether with knowledge or without knowledge, to do these type of campaigns. Now, it is possible that Taylor Swift, quite frankly, does not know that she is being utilized in a covert manner to swing voters. But the bottom line is that the Biden administration is savvy, identifying how many followers and how many voters potentially she can influence with either right information or misinformation, she certainly can swing the voters. Well, they're not wrong. See, back in 2020, Tay-Tay encouraged her audience to get registered and vote. Also had some particularly unsavory words for the Republican rep from her home state of Tennessee, Marsha Blackburn. And the Cliff Notes version of that story is, after Swifties registered to vote in droves, Marsha nearly lost her congressional seat in the 2020 election. And Republicans never forget a near defeat. So this year, maggots are starting their war on Taylor early, talking as much smack as they can before Swifties register to vote. And as funny as all of that sounds, what's not funny is the way the internet took a trauma dump this week, just because a Sesame Street puppet asked them a question. The Sesame Street word of the day is trauma dump. Elmo learned all about trauma dumps on Monday after he asked a seemingly simple question on X, formerly known as Twitter. Elmo is just checking in. How is everybody doing? Men and women from all over writing in with statements like, Elmo, I'm suffering from existential dread over here. And every Monday, I cannot wait for Friday to come every single day and every single week for life. One person simply replied, Elmo, we are tired. (laughs) 
Another writing, Elmo girl, I'm having a quarter-life crisis right now, and I can't get my stuff together to finish this last semester. I'm mentally burnt out, and I have a lifetime of working to go. Oreo Cookies, which wrote, ran out of milk. Do the math. From the Detroit Free Press, right after the Lions on Sunday blew that huge game, writing, quote, we've been better, Elmo. It was a conversation President Biden joined in on. Quote, I know how hard it is some days to sweep the clouds away and get to the sunnier days. Our friend Elmo is right. We have to be there for each other, offer our help to neighbor in need, and above all else, ask for help when we need it, even though it's hard. You're never alone. I am probably going to Christian hell for laughing a little bit, but come on, folks. It's a question every cashier poses to you at least a thousand times a day. And somehow, because it's coming from a Muppet, everyone loses their shit in the comments section. (laughs) But maybe that's where we're all at. You know, the world is becoming unrecognizable and kind of like how white and tall senators from Arkansas can't tell the difference between an Asian country and China. Case in point, here's Tom Cotton trying to prove a point while questioning TikTok CEO Sho Shu, who isn't actually making the point that he thinks he's making. You said today, as you often say, that you live in Singapore. Of what nation are you a citizen? Singapore, Are you a citizen of any other nation? No, Senator. Have you ever applied for Chinese citizenship? Senator, I serve my nation in Singapore. No, I did not. Do you have a Singaporean passport? Yes, and I served my military for two two and a half years in Singapore. Do you have any other other passports from any other nations? No, Senator. Your wife is an American citizen. Your children are American citizens. That's correct. Have you ever applied for American citizenship? No, not yet. Okay. Have you ever been a member of the Chinese Communist Party? Senator, I'm Singaporean. No. Have you ever been associated or affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party? No, Senator. Again, I'm Singaporean. So, Tom, tell me you're a racist white guy who failed high school geography and thinks every Asian country is China without telling me you're a racist white guy who failed high school geography and thinks every Asian country is China. (laughs) And let's follow Tom's poorly educated line of reasoning and ask him a few questions like, Has Tom ever picked any cotton or asked someone to pick cotton for him? Does Tom know a cotton plantation or ever owned a cotton plantation? Or has he ever known someone whose family has owned a cotton plantation? And while we're at it, Tom was wearing cotton during this hearing. If he's not associated with cotton plantations, why is he wearing cotton? (laughs) And that's all I have to say about that. New episodes of This Week Again air every Sunday. But if that's not enough for you, you can catch me once a week on Facepalm America with host Beowulf Rockland, where we make fun of the news in real time on a recorded podcast. And you can follow This Week Again on social media wherever you can find us. We are always available for your listening pleasure on places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audible, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to this show and to Der for now.